And welcome to a very special episode of Safe Space. Uh, I am driving home. I know no, normally Safe Space is a rant podcast, but my buddy, I'm driving back from Las Vegas with one of my favorite people on the planet. Please welcome to Safe Space, the one and the only Jimmy Schubert, everybody. Trips is in the house, dude. We are mobile podcasting. We're pulling out of that giant city with a thermometer on it. That looks like a child abduction van broken down on the side of the road right there. Pizza Gate. Pizza Gate in the hizzy. In and, the and then we we were heading uh, back to Los Angeles, dude, after like seven days in Vegas. I mean, that's yeah. that alone, you know. Yeah, so we're driving. So uh, how was your week at Brad Garrett's? Uh, you've been uh, really gushing about how great Brad Garrett is and what a nice dude he is. Well, first off, yeah, you know, you, you're in Vegas, which is awesome. And uh, then you're doing uh, what I think is like a, a premier comedy club. I mean, you do one show a night. I just happened to be working this week with Brad Garrett, who I've never met before, but I'm a big fan. He is. Oh, a, this is the first time you met him. Yeah. Uh, really? He's just, oh, dude, he's a monster. He's I did a not know yeah. That. He's a monster on stage. I mean, dude, he does like he's just hilarious. And 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 then he happens to be the sweetest guy you ever want to meet off stage. He's just a sweetheart. And it, you got a great green room. And they got whatever you want. They got they got cokes. They got everything's all loaded up. They got they got like this old. Dude, you know you, you know you're a comic when you appreciate cokes in a green room. Dude, let me tell you something. But it's but it's also got bottles of water and it's got this old antique. It's like a pharmaceutical, like an old pharmaceutical chest with like probably like Prozac. You know, 15, no, 15 drawers along the top and then you know bigger drawers down the bottom. But they're all filled with candy, you know. Yeah. And each drawer has something specific in it, like you know, ones there's Pop Tarts, there's there's Snickers bars, there's uh, Kit Kat bars in one drawer. Oh, I mean, dude, it's like, I would like, just it's that's ridiculous. why I get fat on sets because I just love, I love. Yeah, and 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 you could tell that he that he takes such pride in the way the club is laid out because it's designed so well. It's like old school Vegas showroom stuff. It really is, and uh, so it's one of those rooms that I think that I play. That like you know dictates that I wear a suit and ties. So yeah, I, I did. noticed that, dude. Uh, do you enjoy wearing a suit? Cause I, I used to wear a suit doing naughty sh- during naughty shows, and I just would sweat the fuck out by like a Hugo Boss, and I would ruin a Hugo Boss. Yeah, well, it does. It gets does a little get a get a little crunchy towards the end of the week. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you bring a couple suits or one suit? No, I bring like uh, I bring a couple suit coat. I brought two, three suit coats actually, and a. Uh, and uh, one suit, and then you know, mix it up a little bit. I wore, you know, the, the black jeans with a black suit coat, not yes. the same one from the suit. Yes. And then I had this thing. It's uh, you know, this uh, the little jacket I have Comedians on. Comedians have always loved like the dress up, but not totally dress up. You remember like the '80s? It was yeah, like, but I had a dress I, coat and jeans. Yeah, but you know, you have. I just think that like the showroom is great. That that you should at least dress up at least that much. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Now, don't gonna wear a tie, but I I opted for the tie because I think it looks. Good. And you know what's great thing about it is, especially in today's day and age, like I'm on, I'm not on stage in a hockey jersey. I'm up there killing it in a suit and tie I with a matching something. fucking pocket square. Yes. And you know what, bro? That's old school shit, and people like it. I know not everybody works in a suit and tie, but I happen when I'm in Vegas. There's two rooms: the Borgata in Atlantic City because it's a 999 seat theater. And if I was doing theaters, I would always dress up. I just think it's different. It actually dresses up your point of view. When I do a bigger show, when I do a big show, yeah, I wear a suit. Yeah. I wear a suit 
So didn't somebody do a showcase with you in uh, shorts? We won't say names, but they showed up in shorts? Yeah, well, in all fairness, he didn't know that he was going to be doing a guest set. His agent set it up for him, but he shows up, and it's so funny. Uh, I wouldn't even go to a comedy club in shorts. Like, even yeah, the comedy me, store, me either. when I go, I would not I would make sure I'd pants so up. So then, dude, this is, the story of the, this is the story of the week. Ready? Yeah. So at Brad Garrett's Monday. Yeah. Uh, great set. Meet Brad, sweetheart. His brother Paulie that runs it, sweetheart. Great people, you know. Tuesday night. Those are the best clubs, too, the ones that yeah. are mom and pop places. Yeah. Tuesday night, Jerry Seinfeld stops in. Oh, my God. And wants to do a 25-minute, like, guest set because he's working on some new stuff for Netflix. And I think the, the premise oh, yeah, was he that he's going to – it's, it's almost going to be like a one-man show-ish where he takes you through how he got to where he got with his material. Did he have cameras with him? No. He was just there with his manager, George Shapiro, who I've also never met. So I walk in. You're sitting there with Brad. I walk in in a suit and tie. I walk in in a suit and tie. And Brad told me later, he goes, you know, Jerry pulled me aside. He said, you know, it's great to see guys actually showing up in a suit and tie. But it's, you know, anyway. No, I respect I never the met shit out of it. So I he goes up to, he goes up and does $25 million and just the place goes nuts. I think the crowd thought that Brad Garrett was joking when he said Jerry Seinfeld. Until he walks out of the curtain, they go, like, I mean, like the Beatles Bad just showed up. Crazy. Like the Beatles showed up. And it's a club, like, it's like a 350-seat room. So it was like off the charts. Like, ah, you can hear it backstage. And then he proceeds to do a 25-minute set, took a couple questions and answers. Was he supposed I, to do 25 minutes? Or? Yeah, yeah. Brad shaved down. Brad shaved down, and so did they, they shaved five off of my buddy Dale Jones, who also did a great job this oh, week. Oh, that's great. So he had to follow. Good. Brad's just hilarious. And, dude, just crowds. His crowds love him. They love him. He's hilarious. Schubert, you are a great guy to follow him, too, because, you know, it's like you've been doing it forever. You've been in the pits of the OR, the original room at the comedy store. You know how like, you know, you know how to walk into a five o'clock fire. You know, it's like yeah. everything's on fire. Firemen's gotta save the day. And that's why you know the reason that works, man, is the reason comedy store comics are so strong is there's no host. You have to go right up after someone just a famous person just flame throw the rooms and you have to one be cool calm collected and be a, an assassin yeah and just walk up there you know it's it's funny I, dude I mean, I, I mean you do this long enough different stuff happens in the room i had a guy have a seizure at one of my shows like in, in the crowd or yeah, in the crowd and she and i thought like something happened and the wife stands, goes he needs somebody and i go okay calm down lady yeah i said is there a doctor in the house i said somebody in the back and a couple cold rags and I said, call 911. Guy jumps across two tables, goes, I'm a doctor, lays the guy on the floor. I said, everybody stand back, make some room. I'm doing play-by-play. Oh, you're like the, the John I'm Madden I'm doing play-by-play from the stage. That's right? great. Yeah, doing John Madden for the seizure. I respect I go, the I go, fuck I go, out I go is he going to be okay? They go, oh, yeah, he's going to be okay. I said, great. So everybody relax. Is he going to be okay? He goes, he's going to be fine. I go, I go, all right, this Irish guy, a Jewish guy, and I go try to go back into the act. Boom. Then he, that, no, but, which didn't fly. And she goes, will you knock it off? I go, you knock it off. I've seen this before. Yes. People trying to beat a 
check. Then the freaking paramedics, <laughs> then the paramedics show up. Then the paramedics show up and they go, was the guy's act really that bad? Uh, I said, hey, I would have killed if you two douchebags didn't show up. That's All right? so funny, <laughs> dude. But, but what I'm saying is you don't know how to handle that until you have to handle right, it. You're right. Totally, being, totally. Being in beast mode at the comedy store when you got to follow everybody who just fucking annihilates all the time. Bro. Yeah. you got to bring your A game every single dude. time, man. It's just... You know, dude. So, but yeah. So, during so, my so, week. So, go on, go on, go, go on. Go on. I want to finish the Seinfeld story. Please do, please. Which is great. So, Jerry, just like you expect him to be, like comedians in cars getting coffee. Very right. laid back, very chill, right. very nice. You could talk to him, and uh, you know, and then uh, did a great job. And I had, to, I wound up taking. I got a picture with him, which also, uh, you know, Jonathan Katzmeyer, the meter, the guy that was a big critic for the Las Vegas Review. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, he. Clips that picture, runs it in his article. He does the whole story. About oh, that's great. It. Yeah, and uh, and and it was great. He was supposed to come by the next night, but he spent all day. The next day, he was doing the comedians and cars getting coffee with Jerry Lewis, which I'm sure just wore him the fuck out. You know. Yeah. So he didn't show up the second Jerry night. Jerry Lewis is not the easiest interview. Right. So the next night, guess what? Everybody's showing up thinking Seinfeld's going to be there. He doesn't make it. And it's John and Katz. I don't even know. They call, I call him John and Katz. But he's a big reviewer for the Las yes. Vegas Review. Yes. He shows up with Clint Holmes, who's like Las Vegas royalty. Open for freaking everybody. Yeah. And Antonio Fargus, Huggy Bear from fucking Starsky and Hutch. That's amazing. Starsky and Hutch, fucking Huggy Bear, come back to the room. And I had a killer set on fucking Wednesday. And fucking Huggy Bear comes back and goes, hey, man, Antonio Fargo's. And, like, they, they couldn't believe I knew who they were. Like, because I knew Clint Holmes for 20 years ago. He used to open for Joan Rivers in Vegas. I mean, he's, like, last, he's open for fucking everybody. So I know who the dude was. And he goes, I'm at, I go, I know who you are, man. You're, you're, you, I said, you're Huggy Bear from that show about the Alaskan sled dog and the potato that solved crimes, Husky and Starch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did that and he started fucking laughing but anyway I was just busting balls but you love hung, it I love it hung out with those guys it was great it was like a killer two nights but like like only kind of night you could have in Vegas like yeah, that dude. kind of thing or in LA you know where where people come back to your show that's like that. great dude that's yeah. great now dude. how was your week you started to tell you I cut my, you off well, my, I wanted to tell you that the, I, a couple things went crazy in my week but I had a great week the LA County Club is great it's like a it's like a mini version of the OR. It's a nice dark room. I like. Look, I like those guys. They're uh, good people, they, man. Yeah, they're good it's, people. Uh, it's, uh, I'm Joaquin very and Matt. Yeah, and they're great guys. I used they to work for them me back about in the twice a year. I can't complain. We were packed almost every night except for one, and they have they you just know, have a down night sometimes. Yeah, you and, know, and, you know, and man, because and, it's just slow. Wednesday night, uh, thir- Wednesday night was slow. Yeah, no, when Wednesday night was packed, they couldn't believe it. And then Thursday night, we had like 30, 40 people. And they're like, yeah, it's slow. I'm like, dude, this is like a fine thing. I'm fine with it, you know? Yeah, but, you know, I got, and you got to give props to those guys. Those guys have been in a couple different casinos. They hustled around. They had some, they fallen on some oh, tough times. Great. But they keep coming back and, and coming back. But this back room and... is their room, dude. This is their room. Good. And it's really great. And, like, they got, they do a show there, <laughs> I dude, remember, called. I remember doing a room when they were at the Four Queens down on Fremont Street. I right? did that room, too. Yeah, I know. I did that room, too. Then I did their Plant Hollywood. They, I thought maybe there was one more. And then I've been doing this one. And uh, they were really, dude, it's really great. They have a fun night. They have a fun show there, dude. And it's called S- The Stool. And it's where you go up and you have to do new material. 
Oh, that's you great. You can't do old material. And it was packed, dude. And I was like, that's cool People shit. People love that stuff. People love, like, the, like the, the, it's like, I don't know if you ever done set list over at the UCB. No, I keep hitting them up to do set list. And I, I would love to. I was booked to do it, and then I got unbooked some reason. I don't know. But, you know, Paul Pavens yeah. is a very cool cat. I met him. Uh, we were both in this movie together. He's good. I, I really yeah, like but it's. Him. I love the premise of it. It's like it's exactly where improv meets stand up kind of thing, where you don't know what these lines are. They're gonna feed you, stage and you're writing, already on stage. It. Yeah, so it's. I uh, fucking love it, dude. Yeah, it's a it's a great uh, it's it's a great concept for a show anyway. So for sure. so uh, I'm doing it with Brand Tobler, who's a great comic. By the way, Brand Tobler tells a story on stage about how him and his brothers tried to kill their father because he was a just total scumbag and i'm like is there a statute of limitations on attempted murder is there I yeah mean, well like, he's a comedian and like you know like, I'm, I'm joking you're like what are you gonna do he's he's a comedian he must be joking i'm Although, hoping i'm sure there's a little grain of truth in everything that uh, there's always done. some truth in something but he was doing stand-up and we were getting ready to go up and i think it was saturday night Saturday? No, no, no. It was Friday night, and the show was showroom was packed, and this uh, this black guy's just hanging out in front of the club, and he's just hanging out, and he's staring at the the comics who are playing, and he goes to Brant. He goes, Brant. He goes, uh, excuse me, sir. Are you a comedian? And Brant goes, Yeah. He goes, Oh man, I've never met a comedian before. I'd love to. I'd love to take a picture with you. And uh-huh. I just something about that had my spider senses tingling. tingling yeah. And I was like, why is this guy doing, like, that's weird. Like, you you just want to take a picture with it? Someone you've never met a comic before? Yeah. It just sounded weird. So I go in to see how the show's going, because it's packed house, flame throwing. I uh, come back out, Brand Tobler's got like a, a, a book report in front of him. I go, dude, what's up? He goes, I just got served. Some guy served him court papers while I was there. Dude, welcome to show business, bro. Welcome. <laughs> and that's not business. the first time that's ever happened. That's the second time this has happened to me. Tara Patrick was doing my show, and she got served papers. Why she was on stage, it's like, what a fucking asshole. You got to be to serve papers why you're on, why somebody's on stage performing. Well, dude, that's, uh, that's hilarious, but that's the funny thing about... Being a performer, they know where you're gonna be to serve you. Yeah. Otherwise, you, you're ducking you them at the house. Hide. Yeah. You can't be in the witness protection program oh, it's the middle, and yeah, be a yeah. touring comedian. It's the middle of March. There's a knock on my door. No one's trick or treating. It must be somebody who's trying to serve me. You know, it happened to Tara Patrick too. She's doing a naughty show during Comic Con, and this guy sat there. He's sitting there. He had a computer out, and everyone's like, "What is going on? Why is this guy got a computer?" And then he just during the show, he walks up to Tara Patrick, who's an angel, one of the nicest people you ever meet, hands him fucking court papers. You've been served and walked up. Like, what a shitty job that is. I Like, I understand you got to get, you know, you yeah. got to pay the bills, but what an awful gig to ask me. That, that's up there with, like, parking enforcement and, yeah. like, tow truck driver. Now, there's tow truck drivers who help people. Who, yeah, you're you know, talking you're about up. the guys who clip your car out of a parking lot yeah. when no one's parking there it's anyway. Like, what and then charge you like $250 to get your car back. And then there's like, dude, fuck it, man. You fucking parked illegally. And they get, they get so angry because they know what they're doing is bullshit. And it's eating at their soul. Yeah. And it just makes them angrier. <laughs> and ang- When you do something you really don't love, you know, nobody grows up. 
wanting to be the guy who tows cars just to make a dollar. Nobody does that. You yeah. know, you fall into a job and then you just you keep going, going, going. It's like these cops at the fucking North Dakota for just beating the shit out of these Native Americans. It's like, dude, who grows up wanting to be stormtroopers, man? Like, you're literally a stormtrooper. Who wants to fucking be that? And eventually it wears on you. Because when you start doing shit just for a check, it's your soul starts going out. As comedians, yeah, we do some gigs maybe we don't like this guy came to my show which was very cool and he was like yeah dude i do cruises i think i can get you into some dirty cruises and i'm like okay i'll fucking totally would love to do that i don't know if i could do a clean show it just it's not my i don't need the money right now maybe there will come a time where i will and i'm gonna have to clean well, you it know up. Thing, i don't think it's like that i think i can work either way i've done 40 minutes where you don't drop one f-bomb but it's it's not being clean or dirty they just don't want you to be offensive yeah i think they they, they say clean or dirty but yeah they really mean, that's what it comes down don't be to. offensive yeah don't so be so you can work a little edgy i mean i'm an adult here i'm not gonna you know what I mean? I, think I like to talk about adult shit. Yeah, well, exactly. And it's an adult show. And, like, you know, but it's like when, when you see these people in the audience that get offended by something you say, it's like, wait a second. You can't control how you feel about something. Yeah. So I'm going to have to watch and uh, exercise, you know, my First Amendment right to say whatever the fuck I want. I no, do a I joke about how I, before the show, and I do this just to clip it. I do a joke about how all the comics in the back, we pray to the comedy gods. Uh, we go, please, comedy gods, help us make white women over 40 laugh. Because that's the number one demographic for wanting to talk to the management. They love, I just talk about how much they love talking to the manager. Yeah, it's that Yelp mentality. They bro. get that fucking hard nipples. Oh. And they get their, when you hear talk to the management, white women over 40s pussies start to fucking just get damp at the thought. They practice talking to the managers before they go to the show. And it nips some shit because it lets them know that, like, dude, this is comedy. If you don't like a joke, next joke. Next joke. Next, if you yeah. really, really want to hurt a comic, just stare at him. Don't give him anything. Don't even. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's funny. I don't even have a trick around that. You know what I do? I just focus on the people in my audience that are laughing and have a good I time. I try hard. I glance over those other people. That's my trick. I glance I over those other people. I was talking to a woman today. I'm like, you're just sitting here mean mugging me the whole show. It's literally like you went to a strip bar, got a lap dance and then just play defense the whole time. Yeah, but you know what's funny, bro? That says more about them than it does about you. 100%. You know, there they are projecting your, you know, who knows what happened in their lives that day. You know what I mean? 100%. I mean, that's why I do what I do because maybe I can sit there and bring some happiness and joy into somebody's life. I, I find, love it. I find yeah. it therapeutic, you know? But, you know, I do it I do it the way that I can live with, you know? I can I can go either way. I can work really blue and, and dirty or I can go completely clean, you know? I, I can too. I go, yeah. I go, go you I, don't know. I can go. I can go clean. I did a whole hour clean. I just do more crowd work yeah. with the crowd. I, I did my wedding set the other night. I did something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. Oh, I love it. Hey, wait a Hello. minute. Hey, Hello. It's, it's a comedy podcast, bro. We're in the middle of the desert. We're about to get abducted by Elvis. Yeah. Driving his head. And we're, Bigfoot's, by Bigfoot's his co-pilot. Yeah, dude. <laughs> 100%. Now, do you know that the, uh, you remember we passed the Zizik? Yeah. And you see the Zizik, the yeah. XXZYX. Yeah. All that is, I, I, I talked about this on the last podcast. Supposedly, you can only go so far down 
that street before you get stopped by military because there there is this notion that there's something mystical that way like very oh. like powerful mystical energy. well you think they let us podcast from the edge of it yeah <laughs> maybe <laughs> we should just stare at it and just like do some weird shit yeah like some weird stranger things going on yeah oh yeah um yeah we talked a lot about politics man and uh, you know jimmy schubert you and i are kind of on the same thing you you're a libertarian you and i are both kind of like more open mind to see what could happen with Trump. And, well, uh, look, well, look, man. I, I mean, we had an election in this country. I mean, what I, well, here's the thing. Look, that's what we do in this country. We elect yeah. the Democrat for eight years. We elect yeah. the Republican for eight years. Yeah. Now, people may have not have, like, you know, some people, uh, that, you know, and I'm talking about the low information people that don't that, that want to watch a guy like, you know, Trevor Noah jump up on a soapbox and, 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 Can I and, do their critical think, and do their critical thinking for them rather than doing investigating and finding out for themselves. It's like, look, I go, I mean, what did Trump do? I mean, certainly, I don't know what he did. No, no, to, no. To, they to, overshot their load on trying to kneecap him. Yeah. They well, hit him so hard. That people are now numb to it. They don't care. Yeah. They really don't care. Well, exactly. I, I, apparently, they haven't heard about the story about the boy who cried wolf. It's like, look, if you keep saying all this stuff and none of it turns out to be true, then I'm not going to believe you. Next time you actually have something important to say, you've you actually think, lost the ability to f- cover the cover the administration. Do you think no Don Lemon gonna, cries himself to sleep at night on CNN just because uh, he's such a fucking? sold his soul for a fucking job in which he does propaganda for some bad fucking people. I mean, I really do. Like, nobody likes Imagine being in a position where nobody likes you. And you know, your ratings, you're, you're the face of something where your ratings are just down in the shit. Nobody watches CNN. Yeah. The podcasts get bigger fucking numbers, dude. Let me yeah. ask you, what's your thoughts about uh, the fact that a lot, with the exception of Bill Maher, most of your political comedy shows are from foreigners. Most of the U.S. Yeah, what's right there is a slap in my face. It's like, you know what, don't come here bitching to me about how bad fucking America is when you don't live in your own country because it's so fucking shitty, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's just an interesting statement. It's like, I personally think I have nothing against Trevor Noah. I, he's done nothing to me, and I wish him nothing but success. Like, and likewise, but you know what? Yes, you, you're from South Africa. I, so, you know, look at some of the history they've done. You're over here bitching yeah, about America. Like, look at your 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 country. A fucking guy with no legs shot a supermodel. You're you're the last person to be bitching. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you could probably go back to your country, and get a fucking uh, <laughs> probably get a talk show in your yeah. country on the Comedy Channel in South Africa. Yeah. He, oh, that's, well, that's right. why he got it. But my personal opinion is, and I love uh, I love the people on the show. They have there's two friends of mine, Roy Wood Juniors on, and he's doing a great job. And I want him to do great. It just yeah, yeah. I, I no, think I Trevor work. Noah got the job because they wanted to kill that brand. That the Daily Show was so powerful, and that people were getting their news from the Daily Show. That they wanted to kill off the brand. Well, that's an interest. That's an interesting point. It I was mean, too but, powerful. But that but that show also launched the network. I mean, why would you fucking kill the gold goose that laid the golden eggs? Because that was people's news source. They stopped. They and all it was doing was just ripping off ripping conservatives. Yeah, ripping but no, cons- yeah, but nobody. I think that's why John Stewart stepped down because he started to realize that it's all bullshit. That there's no good or you know 
it's not R's and D's. Dude, it's all no, bullshit. No, it's not R's and D's. You know, the difference between the R's and D's is the difference between Coke Zero and Diet Coke, bro. Yeah. It really is. I yeah. mean, you know, for, for, look, I, I'm, I'm done with all the smooth-talking politicians. I don't give a shit. Go do what the fuck you said you were going to do. And then and I'll, for once in my lifetime, I could watch a guy actually go do what he said he was going to do. And whether you agree with him politically You brought up a great point about how he kind of, you know, has destroyed the, the Democratic Party. I mean, the well, DNC. He, he eviscerated the Republicans first, like a fucking hot knife through butter, all 17 candidates. And if you watch what he did, he did it by branding everybody else, not branding himself. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's Lion Ted, it's Little Marco, it's Crooked Hillary, it's Low Energy Jeb. He was branding everybody. He was, he was like he was like King Lear meets Rodney Dangerfield, bro. Yeah. He was just sitting there, and he was hilarious. Chuck Schumer's crying, and it's a mean bill. And he goes, yeah, give me the number of Chuck Schumer's acting coach, all right? Because yeah. I know Chuck, he's not a crier. Dude, I laughed so hard at that. I thought that was the funniest thing. He's no, not. He doesn't play by the rules. The, he doesn't. But people play by, like that. People, yo, you know, they they try to want honesty, dude. Not just like go. You know, people don't. People want real politicians who are people and not politicians. Which is this: go around, suck off. Everybody plays fucking together. Yeah. You know, and it's just theater. And it's like I've said before: it's pro wrestling. And it's just like I think they fucking tried to kneecap Trump so much, so much. That they fucking, that that now it's like people are over it. And I don't know if that was done on purpose or not, but man, it's about. Well, getting- I, I gotta tell you, I think Trump. I mean, there's two Trumps. There's the there's the public persona of Trump, which was great, and then there's the guy inside Donald Trump operating the public persona, and that guy inside Trump happens to be a freaking genius because he sucks up all the oxygen. Even when they're talking bad about him, they're still talking about him. Yep. And Donald Trump's one of those guys who realizes there's no bad such thing as bad publicity. And just, all I got to be is my, spell my name right. T-U-R-M-P. And people bought into it. And he played the media like a secondhand fiddle. And he treated them like the fucking liberal henchmen that they are. And, they fu- and he fucking tricked them and did side fakes on them. And they fell and bit every time. Because yep. it's what watching the media is like watching a yep. bunch of fucking three-year-olds play t-ball the one kid hits it the whole fucking infield runs after the ball they all catch up with it and there's nobody to relay the story or tell the story or do any follow-up that no, otherwise they, you. you know what nobody's doing any of that uh woodward and bernstein shoe leather out there beating the sidewalk reporting get tracking down leads no, like like big, like deep, right like deep throat purpose, when they broke the watergate story did that, on nixon dude. Well, yeah, but back then they did. Yeah, they did. Back then they did. Dude, if if Watergate happened today, they would fucking, nothing would happen to Nixon, and they would blame everything on the security guard who fucking caught them. That's what would yeah, happen. Yeah, well, but but again, but, you know, there's there's people out there that, that, that you know, look, you, you want to make a difference in the world, go feed uh, homeless people, man. Go read yes. to sick kids and then go go yes. to an old age home and, and visit with some old people just for yes. the reason because yep. because totally. you want to make a difference in the world. Do shit like that, okay? You putting on fucking pussy hats that some fucking 16-year-old girl in China had to sew for fucking 18 hours yep. till her fingers bled yep. so you could wear your stupid pink hat yep. and make a dumb fucking thing. You go do that fucking Million Woman March yep. in any other country. They turn the fire hoses on you and it turns into the world's largest wet t-shirt contest no, I'm with you, you know what I mean one, I mean first off you know my pussy my choice my pussy my well great you could kill your fucking baby but you ever notice everybody's for abortion has already been born 
You know, look, I get Here's the thing. Take it for somebody who doesn't have a uterus. You get two, okay? You get two, okay? But if you're 28 and you had five, nobody's going to fuck that haunted house of a pussy of yours. That's okay? so funny, dude. I do Jeez. believe that. I, I, I do believe. You know what's really weird, dude? Is that I, I, I met porn stars who are like pro-life. It's so weird. Like I met, like I, I was at the AVNs, and there was a bunch of porn stars who described themselves as like conservative, like to the point where it's just like. Yeah, but you know why though? And I, I maybe we got to touch on this the other day when we were having dinner, but it was like you know attractive women are almost always conservative and and lean that way because attractive women can attract a great mate who can provide for her and take care of her and they can create beautiful babies together it's always like the ugly ones look like they get hit in the head with a bag of fucking nickels look like she's got a blanket stuffed down the front of her fucking pants looks like a fucking vajumic right they're, they're the ones who always rely heavily on the state and the federal government to pay for my fucking abortions to pay for my fucking you know right. because attractive right. women can always fucking work and make a living and they could right. also find men who can do that and i never heard that put that way before but it's interesting and i'm sure i don't know if you have a lot of uh, women, women but you know what dude this, i heard this I, I meet a lot of women who are like i'm pro women i'm not i'm not necessarily feminist because it's been an overreach dude it's just been an overreach dude, no, dude let me let me just let, let me just give you this quote okay i'm gonna give you this quote all right and this comes from uh somebody i've been reading a lot i think she's great uh, this is from uh, Camille Pag Paglia. You know who she is? No. Camille Paglia. She writes for. Uh, she's a. She's been a, a, a great writer. She does like political pieces. But she. Yeah. This is a quote from her. She said, "Men have sacrificed and crippled themselves physically and emotionally to feed, house, and protect women and children." None of their pain or achievement is registered in the feminist rhetoric, which portrays men as oppressive and callous exploiters. Dude, I read that and said, oh, my God, that's it. She hit it on the fucking screws with that. Yeah. She hit it on the fucking screws yep. with that. Because that's what you're feeling. That's what I'm feeling. 100%. I mean, you know, dude, it's like yep. you live in America. What's your fucking problem? I agree. It's just, it's ridiculous, you know, we had talked about. You know, Your fucking garbage disposal eats better than 40% of the people in the free world. You got running fucking drinking water and tap water. You you, you can go fucking it's my find theory, a job. You, you can go on the internet and learn whatever the fuck you want to learn. You're only held back by your own limit, by your own uh, powers, your own, own limitations. I mean, you could do anything you want in the world. Dude, we're doing a podcast at 55 miles an hour, getting chased by a UFO that fucking and Elvis is driving with Bigfoot, bro. You I could do it. anything. A great example is a human dumpster fire of uh, Leah Dunham, who was uh, complaining that Odell Beckham was sexist because he didn't give her the time of day when they were at an event together. It's like, you're a dumpster fire. And I wouldn't say that just because of how she looks. You know, I w it's just like over and over again, they find, like, she's like, she did like stuff about uh, safe uh, environment for women uh, on campuses when she, she admits that she uh, claimed fake, false rape against the guy and could Dude, have ruined she's, his she's, life. She's fucking delusional, first off. Bro, like people like Odell Beckham space. fucks nines and tens, dude. Yeah, yeah but uh, great. I, I, I'm going to say that probably is accurate. But listen, here's the thing. It's like, you know, 
you know, you save spaces. The fucking world doesn't operate like that. No, it's not There's no real. Safe spaces. It's you want to get kids fucking trophies? Failure is every bit of part of success as fucking success is. You Dude. gotta fail. You gotta fall on your You don't become a millionaire unless you file bankruptcy unless you two and three fight fucking times. Nail. Yeah, fuck yeah. I you do a got, joke about this well, that's where the, it's like, uh, you ever, did you, uh, the joke goes that you ever seen the Facebook video uh, from. Uh, planet Earth. It's it's a series called Planet Earth, and it's about how baby lizards get born, and they take one breath of air, and then they just fucking run because fucking pit vipers are coming down to eat them. And they, there's no safe space. There's no timeouts. There's no anti-bullying. Is run or fucking die, and that is adulthood. If you get fucked, you leave the nest, you better fucking run, homeboy. Dude, I left the nest when I was 18. Yeah, I, run! My, dude, when I was... Run, right? Dude, it's so funny. The last time I went back, my folks came to the airport and picked me up. And my mom goes, you just turned 18 and you just left and never came back. And I said, you know what, Mom? That sounds sad, but I have to tell you, you know why I did? Because you instilled enough confidence in me to believe that I could go do whatever it is I wanted to do in my life. 100%. And it was up to me to do it. And I had a dream, dude. And I had a dream. And I left. And now... You know, freaking dude, I'm making my, I've been making my living for a long time, making people laugh. Dude, you that are a, in itself is a at success. the end of the day, you are a professional comedian, dog, and that is, that's that that's the prize, man. That is the gift. That is the love, that you have worked your ass off enough. Yeah, and that, and, and I get to they let me act once in a while, yeah. which is awesome. Which is another way of being creative. I get to do podcasts. I get to hang out with my buddies. I get to do all kinds of creative shit. That's right? Jedi Hanas. It's, did they just name a restaurant? I just saw a billboard. Jedi, Jedi Hanas. Jedi Hanas, like Benny Hanna and well, a Jedi. Jedi Hanas. Dude, because we just came through. I told you we got the giant alien. Dude, bro. we got aliens <laughs> doing <laughs> fucking teriyaki on our buttholes, dude. That's what this area is. You're gonna get shish kebab asshole. They're gonna turn your bot asshole into kebab. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take us off the road into a ditch, bro. Dude, That's hilarious. Welcome to At Jedi, Jedi Hanas. Jedi Hanas, you walk in, a guy holds up a flipper with three fingers on it. <laughs> How many in your party? Five? Oh, this guy must have used to cook here. That's Jedi Hanas. Someone dude. took off three of his digits with a lightsaber when he was trying to make some fucking some veal chops. They always love to probe fucking idiots. That's all I know is about aliens. Well, you know why, bro? There's a great book out. I want to talk to you about this. Let's There's a great book out called The Day uh, the Day After Roswell, and it was written by Lieutenant Colonel Rick Corso, who was in the Air Force. He was an intelligence officer, uh, officer who he was the, his he his, he got he was he went with the load to bring back the alien body. With all the fucking spacecraft yes, and yes, the technology. Yes. And then he got what he called the nut file. And a friend of mine was reading this book and he said, I have to, I can't, I, I guess I can't finish reading it. It's too scary. I said, give me the book. What's the book called? The, the Day, Day After, After Roswell. Okay, and he talks about the it. nut file. And he calls it the nut file because if, because if I told anybody else about this, they thought I was a nut. And if you look at it, it all matches up. That was 1947. But all the technology in the cell phone was reverse engineered off that spacecraft that crashed in Roswell. Dude, you look at the computing industry. In 1962, they had a computer where it had vacuum tubes on it with little light bulbs. It was a giant fucking adding machine. And then they fucking released this technology. Ten years later, you got the Commodore 64, which was down and could fit on the size of a desk. And from there, it's gotten 
faster and more powerful yeah. by the minute. But that all that technology is stuff. He talks technology. about a story where he goes into Bell South. He goes, they're working on night vision goggles, but it's this dome-like thing. And they and, and, and two guys got to carry it. It's like heavy and awkward and bulky. And he goes, I'm stopping by. I'm going to help you. You guys are doing a little research. I'm just going to give you this. You can find out about it, incorporate. You know, a couple years later, you got the mono goggle that comes down, so you can see in the dark other, from this thing. So, and I think I think aliens have been interfering with our evolution for thousands of years. I mean, that's just the way I feel. It's just because you look at your television, look at that digital marvel. You can order a sandwich off it. You can update your Facebook status and tweet from it. It's a 4K. Yeah. The human eye can't even process all the visual information in a 4K image, and you're showing me the fucking Kardashians on it, you cocksucker. You know what I mean? That's like I, two different fucking conspiracies. That is, that is, dude, this dude. is crazy. It's aliens, and then there's also Satan worshiping, which everybody thinks that the Kardashians are all into, dude. That they're fucking crazy, dog. Well, okay, well, I don't, I don't anyways, want to anyway, you know that. I, anyways. I'd like to be able to argue it, except I've never seen a single fucking episode. You know, I get no. I, I don't really even watch it either. Occasionally, it was all I could beat off to when I was on the road. You ever had that where it's like, oh, the best I got is Saved by the Bell. I gotta fucking pick and choose when I'm gonna fucking pull this fucking dick. Oh, Jesus, um, bro. Sometimes, that's hilarious. That's uh, funny. So yeah, there's this whole thing about the alien technology and this whole thing that you know. That, well, dude, uh, look at it. Look at it. Look, look, look at, look at, like people look like you know. Like, we get a hold of it, and people take pictures of their genitals and send it to each other. Yes. Because it's a phone with a camera in it. Can everybody fucking relax? Does everything we got to be do got to be digitally archived so future generations can look back on our on, on the digital archive and go, oh, what a bunch of fucking Dude. assholes. They took pictures of their food, and then they complained about these restaurants. These chicks, now they're having kids. These, these children, there's a good chance... That your mother had a train ran on her by somebody. Just like five dudes went conga line on that snatch. And it's just like, that's where things are because of porn, the proliferation of pornography and all this shit. These girls just, they don't give a fuck, man. And, you know. And well, I'm you know what's the funny thing is, and I know you, you like to talk about porn, but I don't watch it anymore. I quit watching it, too. You know why? Because your, your mind can't unsee those images. And I don't like, I just think it's, I mean, well, women can, another thing women can play about, oh, the pornography is degrading towards women. I go, well, then tell women to stop showing up and doing it because it doesn't seem to be any shortage of that otherwise you just got nine guys standing around you know. with hard-ons and no one's gonna fucking watch that yeah. who the fuck's gonna watch that no do you think they should legalize porn i mean legalize prostitution jimmy no why well do you well, think you people know, I, should go I, I, to jail for it no i don't think people should go to jail for it and you know what i i could do it i guess i don't know it's like it's like fucking I capitalism. There's supply and there's demand. I'm a guy. I got It's like the old Carlin bit. Selling's legal. Fucking's legal. Why can't selling fucking be legal? That's <laughs> George, my George Carlin. That's not too bad, right? Yeah, that was, was a, great. I was a, I was a good Carlin. Dude, I remember <laughs> seeing Carlin at the comedy store, and it was so crazy to watch the master. But it was nuts because he stood. I it was the thing that stood out to me how he stood the whole way at the back of the main room stage. All the way in the back, right before the curtains come down. It was yeah, so like, everybody uh, could see them. It was great. I'm like, no, but that's interesting because everybody can see them. Dude, you just hit me to something. That's great. That's try playing the main room like that. Try playing all the way to the back. No, yeah, sit back there and perform. Everybody walks out. Why don't you stay back and play that way? Everybody can see you. Yeah, I'm down with trying. Those yeah. people on the side get fucking shitty. They gotta stare at your ass all night. <laughs> We got a green light over here, bro. Well, okay. 
There's a, if he says if we're going well. through what this right here is California inspection. It's a fruit inspection station. Right. So they're inspecting. For, so we got fruit <laughs> patrol stopping Chiquita banana lady from getting into California yeah. and just committing terrorism. Yeah, no, but it's so funny. But there's nobody there. We just yeah. drove through it. Hey, you want to show a fucking I, pineapple I, I, up your ass? I had Brian Holtzman and Don Barris with me. We were doing oh a gig in God. Lake Havasu, and I fucking pulled in. He goes, "You got any fruit and vegetables in there?" I said, "Yeah, this guy's a fruit and this guy's a vegetable." And I fucking floored it left in my dust. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. What's your thoughts on Brian Holtzman? He seems to be like a legend at the comedy store. What what's your thoughts well, look, on him? I love Brian, man. I love Brian Holtzman. I, I, I think he's you know what's it's appealing about Brian is yeah. he's dangerous. You never know what he's gonna say or do. Right. And I and I and I just For and sure. he's so likable. He's just a likable guy, yeah. man. And uh, you know, I, I I got a history with Holtzman. I love the guy. I'm not gonna say I would never say anything bad about no, him. No, no, no. I and I, I, and I, I, love, and I love that, you know, he you know, he, he's he's got you know, got got his act together and he's and he's trying, but you yeah. know look, he's right. This is a fucking tough thing to do doing stand-up's a tough thing to do every day really rough you know so but uh but 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 i love him i love watching brian he makes me laugh like i love watching joey diaz like i love watching you in your main room what you do when you do the karate kick bro i know you haven't done that in a while but i used to use a lovely karate kick the mic stand yeah and all that stuff dude i, I love that stuff because because you know it's like even sebastian when sebastian was coming up i always thought you, know, you get to watch like you know, I had my growth spurts, but you get to watch these guys grow as performers. Go you know, this guy's got it. This guy's got it. This guy's got it. You know, you go. Sebastian knew who he was from the very start. Dude, and I always talked to Sebastian, even you know, even before like you know, he was just it was just hilarious. He, he, you know, he had that Chicago accent. I, yeah, he was very. Uh, yeah, he knew what he was early on. You know what I mean? He right. knew what he was trying to do. So, right. Kudos to him, and he did it. You know. Yeah, he do. I mean, he. He got picked up very early by Dice, and Dice took him on the road forever, and he just learned. He just learned, and he was yeah. always grinding, always grinding. You, know? you got to grind, bro. Like you said, ain't we no safe space in comedy. There's no crying in comedy. Yeah, you better fucking grind, homeboy. And that's kind of what I love doing. I love doing stand-up where I, j I stand up, my YouTube page, this podcast, all the podcasts yeah. that I do. I love doing all of it, man. Yeah, I would love, like, you know, it's so funny because I'd love to have, like, yeah. you was talking about Brad Ger Garrett earlier, but I'd love to have that career. And you do sitcoms and then you go out and do stand-up whenever you want. Yeah. And, you know, you make the, you know, you made your, you know, nine years on a hit TV show that was on a major network back in the golden, back in, show, right? back, yeah, then he was in another show, but I mean the golden age, he's getting ready to do another one for CBS, but the golden age of like Screen Actors Guild when you yeah. can make, you know, make a $200,000 an episode and you're probably still getting residual checks for a hundred grand in the mail and, and being able to go out and do stand-up comedy on the side and run your own club and take care of comedians and put a lot of work in comedians pockets and you go up there two two times a week you go up there you know i mean just it's just great man yeah look seinfeld's still doing it you know one thing i do notice is that even guys like tim allen go back to doing it drew carey goes back to doing it it's so amazing that even after you've made millions of dollars doing it you still want to do it yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like some guy, sure. I know some guys like Anthony Clark. He's got all his money in the world, and he's just done. You know what I mean? He doesn't enjoy doing it. Uh, yeah. I, but I just find that, like, I just don't know why people stop doing it. Like, Tom Green is a wonderful guy. He's great. He didn't do stand-up forever after his fucking, you know, when he had that big burst. It's like, that guy should have been doing comedy right out the gate. Like, Steve-O. Steve-O's a good friend of mine. 
dude, that guy, as soon as they stopped doing those movies, he's in doing stand-up. And now he's like five, six, seven years into it, and he's getting better and better and better. And that guy's grinding. I've, yeah. heard, I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard he's that. He's learned it. Yeah. Le- never, had a learned- chance, never had a chance to meet him, but, I mean, you know, he went from that jackass stuff into, like, seriously doing dude, stand-up. Dude, those movies were fucking funny, dude, bro. Dude, hilarious. Dude, hilarious. They're fucking funny. I remember dude. watching it with my nephew, and I was falling off the couch, dude. I was falling off the couch. Yeah, dude. I mean, that shit where... I dude, mean, I, that shot in Knoxville. When he did that movie where he was posing as a Special Olympian and he yeah. went to confess to the priest and he gets punched right through the face through the screen and the priest throws him out of church. I mean, dude. I, that dude, movie should have been way bigger than it was. Oh, uh, dude, But whenever funny. you talk about mentally handicapped people, people get sensitive. I always say mentally encumbered. It's special. The word retarded is about assholes. Someone's retarded. They're being an asshole. Yeah, Someone's special needs. But I mean, now special needs is like it's not the same thing. They usually lump it all together, but it's not all together. There's autism and people on different sides of the autism spectrum, and it's different. Everybody has different needs. But so yeah, nobody's making fun of that. I start wearing glasses on stage because I'm losing my eyesight, and I get pounded on by everybody on the internet. They're like, "Nice gimmick, dude." My gimmick, my hook, I'm blind, fuckface. This isn't a hook. Who's trying to be the blind guy on stage? Yeah, you think I want to? You think I want to wear glasses? You don't want a hook. Here's what you do: you get contacts and actually draw glasses on your head and go out and perform that way. <laughs> yeah, what if I did my whole set doing the weird French guy up down, upside down? Oh, uh, dude, you know what I love? I love guys who gotta who gotta fucking come out with a weird hairstyle. Yes. You know that that whole thing is fucking it's, so. It's I'm, like just do the fucking. Well, jokes. dude, that's just Hollywood now. It's almost look. We were talking earlier about fucking. You know? No, but I mean, when you come out and your hair spikes straight up in the air. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not talking. Like, Carrot Top's got a little bit of a fucking do on him. You know what I mean? short time at the comedy store. I don't know if you were there. There was a guy who called himself the Pauly Shore of Germany. And he had this long, long. He had this, like, this white kid in play, but it was, like, two feet high. It was so fucking. Uh, he lasted about two weeks. Yeah. And then he went back to Germany. Now he's doing scat porn or some shit like that. that. Now he's like a cock for drug money out there in fucking uh, in Munich. Ich bin Fahrschafflicher. in the in the Schmirken. And he's, he's down there. He's, 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 he's going to say, which means violate the opening. Gewartze öffnen. You know, this guy's doing, he's doing, uh, he's in a fucking improv group called the fucking, uh, the, called the Bratwurst. I wonder if you know, in Amsterdam, if they ever have live sex improv. Give uh, me an orifice to fuck. Can I get an orifice to fuck? Uh, Can I get a, a hole? Can I get a hold to fuck? Can I get a hold? Oh, dude. <laughs> Can I get an office for us to do porn in? That'd be so funny, dude. That'd be so I used to do funny. I used to do a joke about that. I go, some of those porn stars are married. That's gotta be weird. You know, you see your you see your mate pulled into the driveway with a sad look on the on the face. Oh, what's the matter? Another tut day at the orifice? <laughs> <laughs> is that funny enough to do on stage? I want is that too punny? To my friend about how like is that too punny? You no, it's funny? great. It's uh, great. It another tough day at the orifice. No, that was great. I laughed at it. It was great, dude. But about how like my friend Kayla Page is this really was cool. She retired from doing porn, but it's like <coughs> the fine line between porn and prostitution. Like cops show up. Hey, are you doing prostitution? Yes, got to throw a camera up. No, we're artists. We're shooting porn right now. Yeah, we're making a movie. We're making a movie. But you know, you know, and between me and you, bro, I, and everybody listening, 
but the term porn star gets thrown around an awful lot today. Yeah, yeah, you go, yeah, no, you're yeah. not a star. I don't see the it quality. I don't see the the it yeah. factor happening yeah. over here. Yeah. You're just somebody who makes bad decisions. You take your clothes off and let strangers fuck you and let other people film it, okay? That does not make you a star, okay? Hey, hey, nah, dude, but some of them are business people. They're just as sick and twisted as comedians, Yeah, but, dude. bro, yeah, but you know what the other thing is? Like, dude, I mean, that's... You, do you think guys could do that? Guy, you think guys could just take off their clothes and let? Dude, there's there's gotta be dudes in porn. Yeah, I know. That's that's why you should pay attention to math class. Yeah, I mean, I'm a solo be... artist. I'm a solo artist. The guy just stands in front of a camera. I, think it's, and so, I mean, dude, I would. You never want you like your daughter to do the gig, but it is a serve. It's just like it's, there's one guy. He like has all the top uh, porn stars. He drug tests them, you know, to make sure they're not doing drugs. And some of them are just broken toys. Some of them are just lazy. You know, yeah. I mean, and that's just comics, man. It's it is a fucking weird gig. I'm not saying. No, I always it's say, I say, say comedians are like strippers in the sense that yeah. we we stand up there, we undress mentally. Mentally. My problem is with the th- with these girls. Like I w- I've always wanted to go to business school and learn how to how even though I hate uh, Wall Street, I, I don't want to participate in that part of capitalism. But I always thought, man. Go to business school, learn how Wall Street works, and just be a, an investor for these fucking strippers and these porn stars who make fat cash. Fat cash. Dude, you know the porn industry, I read a statistic uh, recently that the porno industry makes more money than concerts, movies, television, and sporting events combined. Yeah, dude. Combined. Young guys love watching girls get fucked, and it's just like the problem is. You know the thing. The problem is, bro, is it's unhealthy for them. It's really unhealthy. It fucking warps your sensibilities. Well, one hundred percent. And I got news for you. A lot of these porn stars are drug addicts. They turn to drugs. They can't live with themselves. They disappointed their mom and their dad, and they're out there doing this. And it's like, what do we do to make you think that this was okay to make your living? We wanted you weren't. You know what I mean? I mean, dude. I, I, look, I, I get it. But it's, but it's, you know, it's an, it's another thing. It's like I, I just, it's just kind of, it's kind of Jesus. Apply yourself a little bit. No, no, no. And some dude, dude I get. I, it's not a profession, one hundred percent. But you know, it's also like coal mining. It's not good for you, but it's a fucking way to pay your bills. I'm not gonna say it's one hundred percent, you know, like positive and it's the greatest thing ever. But it is a gig. It is a business. There's a. The key is to fucking take the money you make. And invest it correctly so you don't have to do it forever. Yeah. You know, that's my whole thing. It's just like invest it, man. It's not the perfect gig or the greatest gig, but it is a gig. And, like, people like... Well, it's like being like, in the NFL. Dude, it's like being... Real quick. Most of these girls, dude, are come from trailers, man. They're not the smart... They, like, they don't come from the best homes. They don't... And if some of them can somehow put it together to make a lot of money... And they could find themselves, get themselves a little, a little money, to, a little, a little, I don't know, uh, nest egg that they can maybe become a real estate uh, Well, you mean uh, springboard agent. into a legitimate business. Yes. Where you invest your money yes. and then you could start yes. a clothing line it's or so something like that. never go. Most of them would probably, the difference between well, yeah, but dude, them a, and uh, working at a fucking 7 Eleven or McDonald's, and God bless you if you do that. But, you know. The, the, well, dude, look at the NBA. These guys retire out of the NBA three years after getting out of the NBA and making millions of dollars. They're all broke. Yeah. They're all broke. Yeah. It's the same with them. I mean, you're only going to get to play for like, you know, Seven, eight, if you're lucky, nine, ten, eleven, twelve years. I mean, and then the game's over. 
It's like being a football player. The average football career is three years. Here's something you trained your whole life to fucking play. Put your body through 52 car accidents on a fucking Sunday. You've done damage to your body. You probably got damage to your brain. And you're only going to play the game for three or four years professionally. So I don't blame uh, NFL stars for fucking holding out for more cash. Because it's the same thing. No, it's the I same agree. thing with anybody. I mean, it's the same thing with this kid. You think, people, you think I'm going to be out there doing telling dick jokes when I'm fucking 80? No. Like fucking Rickles? I think Rickles loves it, though, dude. Yeah, of course he loves it because it pumps through his fucking blood. That's what's kept him young. Dude, that's what keeps him fucking still going. All those other I'm people are gone. Yeah. Joe Rivers is gone. Carson's gone. They're all fucking gone. Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, Sammy, all those people from that era. Bob Hope, you know, Jack Benny. He's still fucking hanging and banging, man. Hanging and banging, homeboy. That's what this podcast is going to be called. He's rocking out. Hanging and banging. He's rocking out with his cock out. He's falling out with his ball out. Yeah. He's jamming out with his clam out. I'm with you, dude. I'm (laughs) with you, dude. Nothing, you know. You know what's so interesting with this podcast, man? It's This feed is safe space, which I tend to do rant podcasts. But lately I've had some great interviews. Like I had uh, you... I had the guys who produced uh, Dying Laughing, and yeah. Then the, and then the, the week before that, I had my dad on, so I got to interview some great people. That's and awesome, dude. Yeah, that was a lot of it's fun. It's a good man. company. There you go. That, that, good it's a lot of fun, man. It's a lot well, of fun. Well, you know, dude, here we are. We just got done doing seven days in Las Vegas performing. Life there is in good, a dude. Major casino. We're heading back to freaking. You know, I get to hung out. I got to meet Jerry Seinfeld and hang out with Brad Garrett. For a week, I got I to do like shows Seinfeld every night. a lot. I feel dude, like, he's a, dude, he's a. You talk about a guy who gets it, monster businessman. Jerry Seinfeld is a monster businessman. He was actually very wealthy before he did Seinfeld. Seinfeld put him on a whole nother level, like the kind of wealth that his grandkids will be wealthy will feel. You yes, know what I mean? Yes. Like his grandkids' kids. He ch- yeah. His grandkids' kids will feel the wealth yes. that Jerry that, that Jerry has accumulated over his lifetime. One hundred percent. And and he's just you you do this look look what you know, look at these guys like this that lay the template down. Look do at Larry see, the Cable guy. Oh, we're looking right now for In and Out Burger. Where? Uh, is that over there? Right there. Okay, dude. Oh, man. See how I grabbed this shit, dude? Do you look see how I did that, man? Bro, and we're not even gonna stop podcasting as we go through the In and Out Burger. Look at that, dude. I fucking I knew I said my t- my spider senses were tingling. I'm like, what the fuck? I think it's near. I think it's near. Yeah, yeah. That was my Carlin. That was my impersonation of you doing Carlin. Yeah. I wanna know. Yes. Dude, what are we rocking here at the? Uh, what are we rocking here at the? Uh, at the end of the if, if We're just eat, hanging and banging. Dude, if you're gonna, eat, <laughs> I'll get the hanging and banging special. Dude, we're bro. hanging. We're banging. Fucking bro, I'll get the hanging and banging special. What's that? That's where you if I can walk the bull past the fire, knock its horns off, wipe its ass, and put it on some bread and bring it to me. That's the hanging and banging special, bro. Welcome to the hanging. Oh, there it is. In and out. That's what our hamburger is all about. Yes. Is this, oh, dude, it's like all of a sudden they're sponsoring the podcast, bro. Maybe yeah. How about Little did they know? So are we going to keep podcasting as we go through the drive-thru on the In-N-Out Burger? Yes, man, we're going to. Oh, uh, dude, dude, people are going to get jelly. Guys, right congratulations. You're on one of the top podcasts in the world. In-N-Out. Uh, do you think IHOP wants to fight Denny's? Look how close they are. You think they're in oh, the yeah. war? Oh, dude, it's like it's so funny. It's, 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 that's the kind of thing you, you think expect. think it's open, dude? It looks very empty. 
Oh, dude, I don't know. Oh, no, 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 we may have. Oh, no, there's somebody. I see movement. I see movement. Oh, dude, did we actually find an in and out that's half empty? Oh, dude. Dude, what is this? What is this? Walk in here. I said, oh, in and out customer parking only. Okay, let's oh, yeah, see. There are people going. in there eating, bro. There are people fucking they're, in they're, there. They're, they're dressed. They're fucking in there. Dude, look at that. Hey, that's why they call it in now. Oh, oh, dude. Dude, guy's ordering. We have the Unabomber. I see a guy the looking Uni- like a Unabomber. Unabomber. What? What's just happened there? I don't know, but we're going through the drive-thru, right? Is is it open, the drive Oh, I got to go. I got to do this weird kind of thing around, okay? Look at this, bro. Oh, yeah, you could have come down this way. Panda Express, bro. How about that? How about MSG? Yeah, how about that? They ought to call this. They ought to call it. a little too gooky. Yeah. They ought to call it the MSG Express. The MSG Express. Yeah, go in there and just look. You can hear your vein, your arteries harden as you, as you eat that food. It's so weird because ch- the Asians have such good diets, and we just bastardize it. Oh, yeah, I know. What are we doing? Are dude? you open? Hello? 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 Let's let's drive up. Let's drive up. You I'll better be. Maybe, maybe can we just drive up to the window? Unless they saw us pull in and they're giving us a... Uh, Are you guys hiding? Are you open? Are you guys open? Feminine man, come here. A large feminine man who who's making eye contact with me, but refuses to walk up to the window. Maybe should I reverse it? Yeah, go around. Okay. Are you open? Are you open? Open? Not open? Not open. Yeah. Fuck that guy in the clicky claims. Uh, dude, then shut. Uh, yeah, what? There's people, people are eating. eating. You should walk in there. Should we walk in there? Yeah, dude. People are eating. Yeah, he just told us we're closed. Look at all the cars out front. All right, I'm going to go in and ask. Dude. No, he, they're not going to service. What the fuck? What time is it? One. Yeah, they're closed. God damn it. Oh, what a horrible thing. What a horrible thing. I thought thing this is America, dude. Did they close in there? They're still open? What do you want Let's to do? go in. Let's go Let's in. Let's go in, dude. We're going to turn right, this off. Put, for turn this seconds. off and we'll pick it up. All right. Me and this feminine big man are going to have a little discussion.